this up in elements people are like oh don't only olympic athletes do that like i think the name kind of is off-putting to some people like that it's an olympic caliber movement like you have to be an olympic caliber athlete to perform the movement the barrier to entry is high but it's not that high all the movements it is one of the most complex movements that we do yeah it's like it's like bob sledding like you can you could jump in a or luge or whatever. Like yeah. you, could, you could just jump into it. But yeah, at, a, at a, an elite Olympic world-class performance, then yeah, it's, it's yeah. almost untouchable for most people. I, I mean, it is one of the things that we do that, I mean, you could devote your whole life to just Olympic lifting, and two decades down the road, you're still working on improving it. So mm. that's one of the things I find valuable with it. Is yeah, that there's a, no end to how much better you can get. It's a it. pretty meaty endeavor. Yeah. I mean... On the same level as like getting really good at high skill gymnastics and yeah, stuff too, but for sure. um, yeah, maybe even more so because of the detail oriented nature of a lot of thing. And that I think that is what makes it somewhat deceiving too, because you just see you see someone fling weight to the shoulders. You don't realize all the moving parts that goes into let's say a super heavyweight getting close to six hundred pounds clean and jerk. Um, we just see them instantly fling it up and it's done it's not like some gymnastics movement yeah you're going through a whole routine and then that's why uh like you follow hook grip i'm gonna assume oh yeah 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 like watching the very slow-mo high definition oh, yeah. olympic lifts i always in that's elements awesome, i man. use that uh, me too actually I'll, like yeah. I'll, I'll teach them the movement we'll do it and then i'll be all right watch okay. this video exactly yeah i do this like, this professional because like to see it in slow, you kind of like get it. But yeah, when, yeah. It, when it happens, it's just like, oh, that looks easy. Right. Like, right. I just threw it up. Well, plus, when you, when you do that slow motion uh, thing like that, then you can kind of play by play, break yeah. it apart. And because they hear the things that we say out there all the time, if you can see someone that does it perfectly with perfect virtuosity, you can see exactly what's going on when. Right. So, I mean, I think it's an excellent tool, not just for a coach to show an athlete. But if you're trying to get, if, if that's one of the veins of your existence, Olympic lifting, which it is for a lot of us here, then I can't tell you how much uh, improvement can be made just by, like, on Instagram, following this Olympic lifter, that Olympic lifter, hook grip, USA, hook grip, right. um, whatever, uh, China. Yeah. And just recording yourself and playing that in slow-mo, mm-hmm. too. Like, I, I probably have, like, for a while, 90% of my videos were just of me yeah. Olympic yeah, lifting. Yeah, for sure. Me, too. Yeah. But we should probably say what Olympic lifting is too, because there's it's not necessarily there's some confusion, yeah, yeah. And it is, so yeah, it's just the sport of it is just lifting as much weight as you can overhead, and that's through two movements: the snatch, which does it in one motion, and then the clean and jerk, which does it in two, the clean and the jerk. So yeah. those are the only Olympic lifts, and yeah, like you said, people spend their lives perfecting those those two movements or those three movements. I think given the fact that there's so many variations like hang and from blocks and power and this and that, I think for newer uh, athletes, it can get confusing. Like it's like this big complex 
system, which it is, but like, yeah, in essence, it's just those two legs. Just taking it from the ground, getting it overhead. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just fine. Yeah. <laughs> Try it out. This depends on how much weight on Um so as as far as like the complexity of the movement, I remember reading in the L one handbook, um, like originally CrossFit got a lot of flack because it's like, well, why do you think the general population should be doing these movements in? Um, one of the biggest uh benefits from like Greg Glassman's eyes was to uh basically increase the coordination of the athlete because mm -hmm. there's very few other movements where you have to like have that much control of an external object like yep. a kettlebell swing it's like pretty it's moving on you know a pretty easy yeah. easy line of action a back squat whatever but to do a heavy squat snatch requires so much more body awareness control yeah. coordination positions um and even if you're doing it mobility, light, mobility yeah. even if you're doing it light even if you're doing it with a pvc Pipe to make it look good, you really need to be in control of all your limbs. Yeah, well, that to the point being that some a lot of times with the lighter the weight, the harder it is to make it look crisp too, like, because you have no feedback to the PVC. That it's, it could be you have to be at least a pretty good lifter in order to make a PVC look good. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, um, but the other, like you said, like there's so there's so many moving parts with it, and there's such. Uh, athletic transfer over with all the things that it does with that, um, I mean that power, speed, speed underneath the bar, and then um, an awareness of your center, your external weight around your center of gravity, the coordination, of timing it right, your the exact right time, balance, all those things come together for, yes, the learning curve is extraordinarily high, but that learning curve is well worth it, I think, for a lot of athletes. I'm not going to say all of athletes. Um, maybe someone that's 70 years old and has never come anywhere close to a uh, Doing anything like a snap, squat snatch, they're not going to probably be the best candidate for starting then. Mm -hmm. But for so many of us, if one, the other valuable thing I think I, we get out of this is that it's an excellent diagnostic for where we have weaknesses too. Yeah. Like, there's no more telling diagnostic, at least I think, that's one movement with a squat snatch that tells where your, let's say, this is just an example, where your mobility limitations are. Um, but in... The other diagnostic for not just like mobility limitations, but so much for, for other things. And then it tells you what you can improve upon with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you touched on power output real quick. And that was another thing from the handbook is they kind of, one of the definitions of power is moving large loads, long distances in a short amount of time. Yep. And nothing does that comparably to an Olympic lift. Like imagine like a deadlift comes off the floor and ends at your hip. Yeah. Right. But it's. When it's heavy, it's probably moving a little slower, and it's a pretty short range of motion, or bench press, same yeah. idea, or a squat. But if you're doing a clean and jerk or a snatch, and that or bar is moving from the ground to a complete lockout, and it's doing it at high velocity, yeah. there's nothing else that can mimic that power output as far as a, a lifting movement. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there's benefit to doing high skill movements, just like, you know, even like golfing or something, it's more of a a technical sport same with olympic lifting you know there's benefits to adapting high skills and high technique stuff just for that like you know high skill um development type stuff you know yeah. there's benefits to that too it doesn't just need to be strength and conditioning you know? right it's like you're developing your nervous system as much as you are your your skeletal muscular system at the same time right oh yeah for kinesthetic sure. awareness yeah Oh. But, but I think with with being such a complex skill-based movement, though, it's, it's even more important than because we've already kind of 
hammered down that it's one of the most difficult things that we do. That it's even more important that we learn well while the weight is small because margin of error for injury gets very small the heavier we go. Mm. So we have less opportunity to make mistakes. That's why it's so important to dial in, don't let the wheels come off the bus, no matter what weight you're at or how many reps you've done. Right? Yeah, and it's similar again to, to golf in the respect where it's like, no matter how hard you try to swing and hit that ball as hard as you can, like the technique is what's going to hit it far and long yeah. and straight. Um, same with Olympic lifting. You can try it as hard as you want yeah. to throw it over your head, but if your technique isn't there, you're just going to look um, you know, yeah. miserable. Right. It's uh, finesse more than it seems. Right. You know, this is kind of a silly little anecdote too, but um, you guys know who Seabomb is? No. Uh, is he bodybuilder? He's like a big, like he's a bodybuilder that all the girls go wild over. Or see daddy or something. Anyway, <laughs> he's a big, strong dude. Just ripped to the hills, all sorts of muscles. Um, and I saw a video of, there was, there was a, a, like a play-along video of one, what this dude who's, who's famous all over the place, known for his strength. And he was doing a push press. wasn't all that high. It was maybe, uh, maybe like two, 275 or something. 225. 225. And, and of course, he was all sorts of tight. He did it, dipped down, and put it up overhead. Um, and then this other guy who was much smaller than him, and he was uh, di didn't have near the muscles that he had. And then he does a push press, and it's a lot heavier. It's a 275. It looks way more effortless because he can get to the right shapes. Mm -hmm. And he does it, and he doesn't. He side by side comparison, he didn't even hold a candle to the C box. Right. But he did did the move. It's so much more effortlessly, and that's along the same vein as uh, let's say a jerk, just right. an accessory for one. Right. That he made that weight. Being much much weaker in theory, neuromuscular tension wise, um, that was able to go up much more effortless than Seabon yeah. at a much heavier weight. Oh yeah, there's tons of examples where, just like two weeks ago, a guy that started, he's like looking at these females that are doing that a clean and jerk workout. They're just you know repping out over 100 pounds, you know, ground overhead. Tons of times, and he just he can't get it to his shoulders because he yeah. doesn't have the technique down. And he might be able to do brute movements, like you know, more weight than the the women, like yeah. a deadlift or something like that. But the the technique of it is is uh, well, humbling, it, and that's sometimes fun to watch people. Exactly, it is very fun, <laughs> yeah. and it just shows you that if you're not able, if you're not your positioning isn't right, then you're limited in how you can express the strength that you have. Right, because there's no doubt that the Seabong guy or the Olympic lifting girls are not, um, or the, the big muscular guy is going to be much weaker than right. people that don't have all those muscles, but it's it's just kind of useless strength if it's not able to get expressed. Yeah. I, I use, when I show the hooker videos and like elements, if it's like, you know, a stronger dude, former athlete or whatever, I'll show, like mindfully show them like. Yeah, yeah me too. A little like 130 pounds. <laughs> Woman weighing like, Rogers like yeah, she's doing this is a three hundred pound snap. Yeah. <laughs> she weighs one hundred and thirty pounds. And I but I make the case like I don't think it's necessarily that she's that strong, it's that she's a master of position yeah, timing. She, well, yeah. and she is using yeah. she's using physics to move that weight with yeah. her body. She's not just right. trying to brute that weight over yeah. it. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Right? I do it's, the same 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 old tactic. And they're like, damn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It is humbling. Yeah. It's but it, it's it's just that precision. 
is yeah. what it is. Perfect position, perfect timing. Obviously, there's strength and mobility there, but that's not the whole game with Olympic lifting. That's and, maybe not even 50% of it. I would think, like, well, the kind of feeling I get in, in, when I could squat stance, back when I could, like, when I do a really good squat stance, it was like, I feel like it's comparable, and I'm not that big of a golfer at all, actually. Um, <laughs> oh, we know. But, like, <laughs> but, like, if you had a really good golf swing, it just hit right yeah. on the money. Just, just perfectly slide. straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I make hole in one. Try to make the analogy like most people have shot a basketball. I'm like, yeah. you, most people who have done basketball in the past, they know as soon as it comes off their fingertips, whether it's going in the basket or not. Mm-hmm. Like you set that shot up right, the way it came off your hand felt yeah. right. It was the right arc. Like it should. It's kind of comparable to right. like in a lift. Like you're coming through your hips, you hit extension. Yeah. You're like, this is. You know if you did it or you didn't do it. There's, Instantly. There's no manhandling a snatch. It's all finesse. Yeah. You can't, there are no amount of brute strength that's going to allow you to get a heavy weight with a squat snatch. Right. Or in the clean and jerk, there's, there's more wiggle room with that, but still, there's a lot There's a lot mm. involved more so than, let's say, a deadlift. Mm. How, how I, the analogy I like to use with the difference between, I don't know if some people can relate to this or not, or have any um, resonance with it, is that I, I tell people that if, if, uh, dead, if powerlifting is like NASCAR, then... Olympic lifting is like Formula One. Yeah, you know, there's just so much more involved in there, and like, I mean, and in a way, the Formula One racers are, are kind of looked down in NASCAR because there's not much technique involved. But you just drive around in loops, right, for forever. Don't you say that? Now, <laughs> crucified what? <laughs> I'm not again. I'm gonna get some people riled up here. Right. <laughs> Don't you talk about my Dale Earnhardt? Yeah. So one eye now. open, yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. NASCAR is as hard as Formula <laughs> But um, So I kind of wanted to bring this up because I figured you guys probably have maybe a differing opinion than me, maybe not. But I feel like CrossFit had, has taken Olympic lifting and made it into CrossFit Olympic lifting. Yeah. In, in Olympic lifting, there's, there's no such thing as cycling a barbell. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure, yeah. And typically there's no such thing as condition, like a... Uh, high rep conditioning with a barbell yeah and crossfit is almost like i don't want to say the word bastardized but that is kind of the it's it's customized initially way more so initially way more so for sure before it was an abomination and i know this is like a point of contention between olympic weightlifters and crossfitters like there's no reason you should be doing a hundred clean and jerks in a workout yeah or whatever um but what do you guys think about that i i absolutely agree and particularly when it first started, like 2007 CrossFit Games. It's, and now, from the perspective that we've all been through, it's hard to watch that. It's hard to watch the mangling of what Olympic lifting is because you know all the catastrophes that can happen. Done done with a lot of weight or done very uh, for many reps. Um, I think it's, it's, it's definitely got its own flavor mm-hmm. as opposed to a pure Olympic lifter because they are doing a lot of things like cycling. But... As far as the technique goes, it's moved much closer in the direction of it's it's uh, they're, they're starting to come together. Yeah. as technique, as far as technique. And I I think it's like kind of a small mindedness type of thing. Like just because it had never been done before doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. Like why why can't you do thirty snatches at one thirty five for time? Yeah. Just because an Olympic weightlifter hasn't done that as part of their stimulus in their training doesn't well, mean it's wrong. They're just I, aiming at something different. So this is why I think. What I think that we should all be mindful of is that because it's high rep conditioning um, environment there, 
that it's even more important that you don't let the wheels come off. Because then, rather than the wheels coming off on one rep, which is bad enough, especially heavy weight, then let's say you get halfway through a workout and you're just in survival mode. Now you're letting the wheels wobble off for whatever, 30 reps more of a fairly heavy cleaning jerk. So now it's just a massive roll of the dice. When when's it going to happen? When, you, when are you going to get at the injury? Because you have 30 reps to go and it now it looks terrible. So I think it's important to be with Olympic lifting, particularly with everything, um, that it's important to be even more cautious in the midst of that hot and heavy conditioning workout that we don't let that happen. Yeah. And like CrossFit, even the open, right? There's always going to be, I don't want to say always, but there's almost always a workout in the open that's going to have a heavy barbell when you're at a very, very high heart rate. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of part of like what the heart of CrossFit programming is, like your virtuosity of movement with the Olympic lifts. And you do something skillful. When you're fatigued. Yeah, at threshold, yeah. And that's not really something that's been tested before. That's like almost voodoo in the Olympic lifting world. Like, why would why would you do that? Yeah. Um, but I think there's merit to it. The other, to the point of uh, the bastardization of Olympic lifting, what I've found interesting is that I think they are gravitating towards some of the, away from as much as kind of what they commonly used to do, is that you don't see as much, let's say, a ton of squat stances in a conditioning workout anymore as you used to, or or a ton of, uh, I mean, uh, basically squat stances. You don't see like the very right. hardest thing to do where there's most likely to go things wrong. In right. condition, now it's gravitating more towards like power cleans and, and power snatches mm -hmm. and stuff like or that. Or even implements of a different sort. Like this is another thing that CrossFit, it's existed way back, like the Eastern Bloc using kettlebells to do Olympic style yeah. lifts. But now like CrossFit kind of specifically has brought the Olympic lifts out there, implements like uh you know, med ball clean, sandbag clean, uh, kettlebell clean and jerks and yeah. snatches and uh, even using like strongman equipment and like at the games this year they did a clean ladder but it right. was sandbags. Yeah. Right? So it's like we're applying those movements of high power output, high coordination and skill to implements that aren't just a barbell. Yeah. Which I think is really cool because in in functional in life, right, if we're function doing functional training, GPP you're, everything isn't going right. to be as balanced as a barbell. Exactly. There's not always going to be handles to hold on to and hook grip. There's not yeah. always going to be weight that's even on both sides. That uh, brings me to a, something that I've, I've had uh, in mind for a while, is that I think the barbell or Olympic lifting does the best, most comprehensive job of exposing or uh, diagnosing what you're good at, what you're bad at. However, I don't think it's necessarily the most functional. Because it's going, if you have a tight front rack, you're going to know real quick. If you have a tight um, overhead position, bottom of the spot, you have tight ankles, whatever, you're going to know real quick with that. But I think it's also good to keep in mind that you should be able to pick up a big heavy rock off the ground and fling it to your shoulders, not just a barbell. Right. And that's a clean, for lack yeah. of a better term, right? Right, exactly. From the ground yeah. to your shoulder is a clean. Yeah, and that's a good point, too, because like the goal of CrossFit is to, and the goal of the CrossFit Games is to test the fittest test for the fittest person possible yeah. or, or to create the fittest person possible. And like myself, for example, say I had a 135 pound barbell and I had to do 30 squat snatches with it in a row for time. Yeah. Like I could outperform someone that is way more fit than me just based off the fact position, that I have yeah. solid technique and position. Yeah. Whereas if it was a rock right. moving a, you know, 50 pound rock from the ground to overhead, yeah. that person who's fit is going to outperform. Well, I think, to a certain extent. To a certain extent. Yeah. What I think the barbell does is it essentially, I think it gives you, tells you who has the most potential. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you could do a barbell perfectly in all the right shapes, then, of course, if you learn to do the rock, you're going right. to be able to do the rock well. It's just right. a matter of have you had some experience doing it. Right. Yeah, I guess it's probably more so that they're someone I have the technique or someone who doesn't right. is going to suffer a lot more and they're yeah. they're going to work a lot harder than me. And so they might be fitter, but I, maybe I'd get a better, yeah. better score than them. I mean, the per, they're more likely to get ahead of you by pure fitness um, right. with a rock than they would be uh, lifting. Yeah. Right. I'm curious if the trend, it seems as though the trend with the higher level programming with CrossFit Games and uh, maybe even the open in the future and type of stuff is not so biased to the barbell. And I'm curious if that's because, so Matt Frazier wins five years in a row, Tia Claire wins six years in a yeah. row. They're both Olympic weightlifters. Yeah. So is, is the CrossFit Games really a test of who's the best Olympic weightlifter in CrossFit? I, it's, yeah, who's, if, who has the best skill in Olympic weightlifting? If you know, 60% of the yeah. tests have a barbell in it, the Olympic weightlifters are going to smash them right. all. Well, I kind of wish we'd gravitate away from that for a while. And they would, I mean, I think it's an excellent training tool, but it's, I would hope that it's not going to be the staple of competition. It seems as though they're trying, like uh, this year, there was way more odd object. There was a ton more sandbag yeah. and yoke and um, stuff of that nature that you don't necessarily train for as right. much. It's more just the GPP yeah. test of your fitness. I think, I think when you're testing for fitness, I think that's a good thing because then you don't have the tacticians and technicians winning not because they're fitter but just because they've had more practice on that skill yeah and, right you know skills are an element of fitness but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be weighted so heavy well know? i mean i have so much confidence in olympic lifting developing all the all the um I mean, all the points of athleticism um, all the skills of athleticism that i have no doubt that someone like matt fraser who's uh, an awesome and willing to put in the work Awesome and Olympic weightlifting that his carryover would probably, I still think that he would probably be close to the top on whether if that was a bunch of Atlas stones or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's semblance to why it's good that it's part of, it's why it's good that it's been adopted by CrossFit as such a huge part of our program is the carryover and the transfer of skill. Yeah. To, to everything. Right? If you can learn to do a really virtuous looking squat snatch with a heavy weight, then the chances are you're going to be able to do that with anything else that yeah, you throw exactly. at you. Yeah, yeah, um, and you kind of made the point earlier, like, and this isn't really a devil's advocate uh, argument, but that not everybody needs to be doing a snatch. But if, like, with it, Derek's or <laughs> Derek, Eric's <laughs> definition, I'm gonna call you Derek now. <laughs> Eric's definition: putting something from ground to overhead is a snatch, right? So if a 80 year old woman needs to pick up a box and put it on the top shelf, she's doing a snatch from the ground to her <clears throat> overhead position. Oh, I mean Maybe that's a definition of, of Olympic lifting. So maybe she doesn't need to be doing heavy barbell work, but the, the no, movement from ground to overhead. Of course, those movements. The like archetypes. Yeah, those archetypes of getting something from the ground to overhead. Absolutely, one hundred percent. People should be doing. There's no like I don't. There's no doubt. I don't think in England's mind we should all know how to do that. Right. And but maybe, as far as the specific movements of a squat snatch or, or even a power snatch for some people, I don't necessarily think that's. That's the, the right medicine for right. every single Or maybe person. just put them on a med ball. Yeah. If, if yeah. it's a day yeah. where it's, hey, we're going to do, it's a workout that has that in it, maybe you just grab a light med ball and practice getting it over your yeah. head. Those archetypes absolutely should be practiced by every human. Yeah. Anyone that has arms and legs, you know. Especially, like, if you're thinking about someone that comes in three times a week, 
are they going to be able to get like the cardiovascular response and the strength response by yeah. worrying about something so technical like right. the Olympic yeah. lift? Like, is their time better spent on using a med ball or two, yeah, right. two dumbbells or something? Like that's exactly. the barrier yeah. to hitting the stimulus is yeah, that yeah. it's so high skill. Right. right. So I think, I think that not everybody should be doing Olympic lifts. So there are some, you know, A, like is – is it the best use of your time? There's that avenue mm -hmm. to think about, and then like also, the minimum effective dose type of yeah. And then the other exactly. aspect is like, are is your body not ready for that, or is mm -hmm. it so broken that you should or it could never be ready? Right. right. Yeah. So I get like, that. Yeah. Like if you're if you can't get into the bottom of an overhead squat, then you know why? Why try to squat? The is like you need to do three hours of mobility every day for five years, then you'll get to that. But yeah. until you do that, just Talking keep doing from experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that it is true. Like, realistically, a lot of people coming in, it's like, all right, you could do it. You can do this squat snatch eventually. Right. But like you said, it's going to take three hours of mobility every day. You need to get massage. You need to focus on right. these positions. You got to do your job. You yeah. just got to focus yourself. It's like, so do you want to do, do, do that or maybe <laughs> just grab two dumbbells? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I think most people would just prefer. Right, maybe you have a dumbbell, right? <laughs> Kettlebell, yeah. right? But there is something about like feeling left out or like you're not, you can't do what everyone else can do. Yeah. So I see that too. But you know, it's, it's ego. It's ego. But uh, from my experience, most people don't mind grabbing a dumbbell, especially if right. they've gone through the frustration of like they just yeah. they know they don't feel like other people do when they do a, right. a squat snatch. Like they probably a lot of times they probably hate that. <laughs> they like dread it. They drug, drug themselves to the gym anyway. Right. And so I, I think it's the best of both worlds. The athlete gets the stimulus that they're seeking and yeah, yeah. kettlebell swing. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's tempting on days like like uh, say we programmed Amanda, which is nine seven five of squat snatch and ring muscle up. It's tempting on days like that to change the programming to just ground to overhead with yeah. an object that is challenging for nine reps and then do some sort of push pull with your upper body gymnastics wise. Like yeah. that, that could just be the programming and then yeah. for some people so it's a barbell. For a yeah. competitor. Right. Then they're doing Amanda. Yeah. But that's the beauty of scaling, right? Is right. The coach is there to help. All right, this is what Raymond this is the stimulus that Raymond had. That's the workout for somebody who can do that. So now let's find a version of it that's going to give you a similar stimulus. Right. Yeah. And that, movements that'll give you a similar and stimulus. From most coaches, and any good coach will look at a workout like Amanda and think like that. Yeah, yeah, not, of course. Yeah. Not necessarily every athlete walking in might not think of that. So that that's why it's tempting to change the, the RX to something else. But. And also just you as an athlete developing the skill to be like, because not every, there was, a, um, there was someone um, that came in to the gym the other day, uh, and so he can, and he asked me a question. And this was kind of this. Bear with me. I'll tie this all together. <laughs> uh, so he asked me a question. I was like, "Well, I don't understand." The other day, I did RX for um, for it was overhead squats. I did RX and it was forty-five pounds. I don't understand. I can't do RX today. It's one hundred fifty-five pounds. I said, "Well, we're we're targeting. It's a different stimulus we're targeting. You're going to be able to do. It's not like once you do RX, that's all you do from now on. Right? There's some days that you can do it. Some days you don't." And the same thing, there's some, with Olympic lifting, there's sometimes you can do the RX, and sometimes it's good to scale it or something. It's going to get you similar results, but with, without all the, the difficulty involved with right. trying, to, trying to get there. Yeah.
Yeah, so I think, yeah, bottom line, Olympic lifts aren't necessarily for everyone, but there's yeah. there's a lot of benefit to them. So ideally, everybody should do them. But yeah, like you know, I would I would caveat that that and say I think the archetypes of the Olympic lifts are for everybody, yep. but the specifics 100%. of doing them on a barbell with a heavy yeah. load aren't. Right. And uh, we didn't really get into this, but like, and I I don't I'm not a historian on this stuff, but. I do believe that the Olympic lifts were born out of these older cultural getting a, get it like we talked about a rock like the scotch getting a rock from the ground mm-hmm. to their shoulder or getting yeah. it on top of a wall like that was you know strength training yeah. back in the day um, or being able to press a hay, a hay bale over your head like those all those things those uh, more organic strength feats um, evolved into all right how can we test this how can we make this more uniform yeah and then the barbell was invented well and, and now that's like the specialty like we're we kind of got too deep into that rabbit hole i think and uh now we're coming full circle with like this year at the games all right let's go back to the the heavy implement that doesn't have handles on it we're gonna yeah. do a sandbag to our shoulder we're gonna you know carry this stone around yeah yeah it's kind of just the spirit of competition whether that starts with like you know, way back when, I'm sure there was like just good old fashioned foot races, and then horses came along, and then yeah, exactly. cars, cars came along, it, and yeah. now F1 racing. Is well, like, yeah, you know, or like a bow, like you can shoot with a like right. piece of wood that you tie a string to, right? And I mean, you'll hit stuff, but you can get that barbell is like maximizes well. the amount of weight you do if you know how to do it well, it's like a race car right. versus yeah, you know, it's like the most horse. efficient un- uniform implement to test and express strength, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but with with that with that being said, though, one I think useful tool that you can get out of it, even if you don't Olympic lift, here's what I like to do with it: is that if I know that I'm not gonna, I'm not going to squat snatch for whatever reason, then I'm going to be like, okay, so why am I not squat snatching? And obviously, my ankles are tight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so instead, instead of just calling it that and then going about my day, I'm going to go work on some on my ankles, yeah, to loosen them up. So maybe one day I can get closer being able to squat snatch rather than right. having anything done about it that's a big pet peeve of mine is when people say like oh i i can't do crossfit or crossfit does dangerous movements and stuff that, or crossfit injures people it's not that it's not that the olympic lifts necessarily injure people it's actually a very safe sport it's that it exposes right injuries or things exactly. that are very yeah. wrong with your body yeah so you know like like chiropractors or physical therapists are always like, oh, I love CrossFitters. Right. And it's not, be, you know, they don't love them because we break. It's because we expose right. broken things. There's no, there's no inherently dangerous movement. There's just dang, right. dangerous movement patterns. Yeah. You know, I'm saying. That, I mean, this all ties into like the humility thing, the ego thing we've been talking about is you, yeah, you can't will 200 pounds to your shoulders. Yeah. But people do it. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's something to approach with humility. This is, you made the analogy once, like if, if you want to be a black belt in jiu-jitsu, you can't just go on YouTube and like watch videos and right. practice on a dummy. Right? You you're gonna, at some point, you're going to have somebody there. coach you because it's a very complex thing. Same with Olympic lifting. You, you're not just going to PR your snatch by watching videos online. You need somebody with eyes on you who's qualified and to practice in a in in a way that makes sense. Well, from and what I to add to that, a lot of people once they start diving into the world of lifting, where I've seen people make some astronomical leaps in progress is when they start trying to get they start moving towards like one on one. Like you can get a lot done in class, but 
it's it's almost like the evolution of any Olympic lifter. If they start heading towards the direction of Olympic lifting, they almost always start getting some one-on-one -on -one coaching. Too. Yeah. So if that is something that start that you start to get um, start to like the flavor of, and you start to bite and get the bug from, then that's perhaps time to start looking into. Where can I get some more one on one coaching? Too. Yeah. And even like one or two sessions with a coach for like an hour where you're just working on positions and yeah. feeling the tension in the right spots, like that can go a long, long way for people's performances in the, in, cl in a class. Oh, setting. yeah. It's, it's stunning how much progress can be made just by getting dismantled a few times for um, a few hours at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Even once a month, once a quarter, um, just to check in and that's hugely beneficial, especially with the Olympic lifts, with a one-on-one -on -one coach, or yeah. even that those semi-private, you know, small classes that uh, Sacco does on Wednesdays. Like yeah, something are, where they're specifically, yeah. and you're going in there with the intention of getting taken apart. Right. Sometimes in class, you're just, just like, I just want to do, right. I just want to get work, my work yeah. yeah. But if you go to an Olympic lifting class, more often than not, that you're wanting to get dissected, which right. is also a, a, it's a good shift in perspective, too. Yeah, it's a good mindset to be in. Um, now, we've talked about this before, but what I know what you guys think, and I, you guys know what I think, but as far as what are you guys, guys going to say about um, Olympic lifting off of RX numbers? Yeah, I think yeah, we all kind of agree that it, <laughs> it should all be percentage-based. Percentage yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it is... It's it's purely individualized, and yeah. so having an RX weight is kind of arbitrary. And in the Olympic lifts, especially Olympic lifts, I think it's, yeah. it comes up. I mean, even something like an overhead squat too. I think. Yeah. But it's just most pronounced there, and especially when you consider like if you're a competitor, I think there's legs to stand on. If you're mm -hmm. trying to compete in competitions, you're not going to be able to change the rules right. to where it's based off a of percentage. But as far as if you have no intentions of competing. Um, I, I think you're just serving yourself better to base it off of, if you, most of us have some semblance of a percentage that we can go off of, mm -hmm. to and check just check the board to see if, make sure that whatever weight you have is close to the intended percentage. Mm -hmm. If you're way off, I, I, I've seen quite a few people be way off and then they did the percentage and that was too heavy for them too. Yeah. They, they actually took weight down and they're like, well, thank God I didn't try the initial weight. Right. But I think you could save yourself a lot of misery. By making sure that you're basing it off of something, it's so easily as customizable as your own lifts mm -hmm. that it just makes everything with the complexity that Olympic lifting involves so much safer, so much less likely to end up in a disaster. And the stimulus stays, stays right. the same. Like if you right. look at the workout brace, it's 30 clean and jerks for time. Yeah. And if everybody's doing 135 and, and my 135 is, you know, 80% of my one rep max and someone yeah. and someone else 135 is you know 20% of their one rep max yeah that'd be a strong dude so who, like for yeah, great like different you know like just, just for the people knowing for um for great listening sir um what would you base let's say the percentage of great what 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 weight for let's say a male and female do you think you would do I would say for for someone that wise do like at least whatever 235 or something. it should be like I'd say fifty percent. Fifty percent, yeah. Yeah, give or take. So we're like we're talking about like a two sixty, and you'd be like a fifty percent. Yeah, you could clean and jerk two sixty. Yeah, which for that's thirty kind of reps, like my yeah. numbers, like yeah. my max clean and jerk is you know two sixty five, and so that would put me right around right. RX. Yeah. And and I personally, I think that workout is 
like doing 135 is perfect for me right. because I'm going to be around that three minute mark. Yeah, and, and you're not, there's no risk of the wheels coming off. You right. Can, you can throw around 135 perfectly right. every time. But if, you know, maybe like your clean and jerk is 315, 325, something like that. 335. 335. Um, so, so 50% of 335 is, say, you know, um, 170. Yeah. Something. Well, then I think he could also still do. That's the beauty of it. I think that six, that fifty percent is is a good like bottom line number. Right. Right. You had, it's at least sixty five percent or below. Yeah. But like, I could still get benefit by doing one thirty five. Yeah. Right. But even it's if just like, a different stimulus. If we were doing the workout together, you did one sixty five. I did one thirty five. We'd probably end at a pretty similar right. There'd time. Right. There'd be some comparison there, and, and we each on. got a good yeah. stimulus. Yeah. yeah. We had like a whole run up. Yeah. Remember? COVID. Yeah, right. Like we would do the workout together almost every day. And I would well, do RX. We would do RX sport, every sport. Yeah. And we would be like within a minute, like every workout within yeah. a couple reps yeah. if it was an AMRAP. It was like perfectly, it was actually a really good tell for your programming that right. the RX and the sport right. were comparable. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, for me, that's a, like, I check, like, I have no, I have no qualms with checking the percentage and then I, I adjust it right there. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not like, trying to argue myself into, you know, you should do this. Right. If it's not, it's if it's not um, equal to or below, I'm, I scale. Yeah. yeah, it's that's a humility thing in a lot of ways, and like even I struggle will struggle with that from time to time. Like I want to do the number yeah. that's we've there. all had that feeling. Yeah, and it's hard to overcome. Like the you know you just want to do it because it's there. Right? Yeah, I can do one eighty five. I've no reason I shouldn't, but maybe there is. Yeah, nope. the only time where I would say that can be a issue is when someone is undeveloped with their Olympic lifts, like they're new to it, and maybe their one rep max is 85 pounds, but they're they're strong enough to do Right, like, so they're doing 200. like, like yeah, 30 yeah. pounds and right. over and over again. Yeah, and so they're, they're true, they don't have a true one rep max. Yeah. So I'd say, you know, just a caveat of that. Yeah, is, yeah, for, for sure I'd agree. That's a, the coach has got to have some, some like, wiggle room. Yeah, room. rationality of like, yeah. they got to still get a workout in. And, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like I think it. that's more so people that have spent some time, mm -hmm. at least a little bit of time, because at the beginning, the coach is going to be most of the guidance on what weight someone should do. Yeah. And, and, I also think it depends on what your trajectory is. Like, if you're somebody who wants to be competitive in CrossFit, like you, you should be very aware of what the typical weights are used in the open and what the weights are that are going to be used at like a sanctioned or regional type event. Like, and. Those are baselines that you know are going to get tested. Almost everybody there is yeah. going to be cleaning over 330. Everybody right. there is going to be back squatting over 450. Like Those are things that, if that's your trajectory, you should know those numbers and work towards them. But the, right. the vast majority of people, that's not their trajectory. And, and I think an easy rule to follow, though, too, is with, yeah, even with percentages, say your percentage. But let's say you just get, um, it just gets all sorts of wild while you're doing it. Then you're without even having to look at the percentage. That, Pay it in mind. You know the weight's too heavy because if you're you're slopping it up like a pile of buttholes, then um, then it's it's too much. You should trademark that. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Get a tattoo somewhere. Dot com. You got that. Like a pile, pile of buttholes. Pile of don't, don't go there. <laughs> Do not go there. Right. <laughs> well, I think we should probably wrap things up there. <laughs> Always a good good end to this. Yeah. But yeah, I think a lot of people do find Olympic lifting through CrossFit and Olympic lifting was so like small and almost non-existent yeah. before 
before CrossFit. Yeah, that's why there's a protection plug in it for right. getting an injury. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, because so many people didn't, you can watch someone compete in Olympic weightlifting and you can't, you don't really appreciate it until you've done it yourself. And so I think that's why CrossFit just. Yeah. It brought it to the masses. Yeah. Yeah. Which are they able to be thankful for in that sense? Yeah. They do, yeah. And, I, and same thing with me when I started CrossFit, like the Olympic lifts was like the, it was like the, you know, the most fun, the coolest thing to do. And yeah. a lot of people go through that. And it, and it's important just to think of that as like, Go it's gear. a separate sport. Yeah. The knee sleeves, the lifters, wrist wrap, yeah. uh, singlet. Eventually, <laughs> that's all you wear. <laughs> but, you know, there's so many things in CrossFit. And some people find like a passion for Olympic lifting and you can bias your training a little bit towards that. Yeah. Uh, some people, you know, they get fit and then they get better at running and then they pick up marathon running and they, you know, uh, start doing that and it's it's always a little bit sad to see that happen because like the so goal of CrossFit to, yeah, is to create to someone who can do all of I, it I will say this it, with, what's unique with Olympic lifting is that I haven't seen um, someone that goes back to they goes let's say they specialize in Olympic lifting for a bit and if they came back there's they're all around a better athlete yeah like Once their conditioning they, might be a little right they, they for a can little catch bit. up and their right. technique is better I've seen people go off to do whatever powerlifting or something else, and yeah. they didn't necessarily come back there. Marathon running. So that's a testament to, yeah, marathon running, of course. That's a testament to how, I mean, athletically beneficial Olympic lifting is. Yeah. But you could even specialize in it and still come back even yeah. better. Yeah, I mean, and like a gymnast and an Olympic lifter, if they walk into a CrossFit gym, like, yeah, they're going to be pretty yeah. set, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so those two sports, I think, are very beneficial overall. Yeah, for I sure. So. And similar in terms of one one's controlling external yeah. objects, one's controlling exactly. internal yeah. object. Yeah. Where does have your own center of Yeah, right. It's all it's really all the same thing. It's shapes, positions, timing, coordination, balance, all that being an athlete, right? Yeah. So that's why we use them. And we're gonna keep doing it. Yep. Sir. Alright, well I think uh you guys got anything else? No, I think I mean, again, I feel like we've gone forever, but we got to cut it off eventually, yeah. 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 And plug that, like, you know, if you're listening to this live when it comes out, we have the little internal Olympic lifting meet. That can oh, yeah. be a good experience to see because that's the other thing we didn't touch on is Olympic lifting. You get three shots, whereas CrossFit is, it's like, you know, we took, we try something, we fail, try it again, try it again. Yeah. Whereas ten, Olympic ten, lifting. Ten, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, whereas, I got a new PR. Yeah. yeah. And all eyes on you. Like at yeah. an Olympic weightlifting meet, you're at the stage. Everybody else is sitting and watching you. Yeah. Right? You're on in the spotlight, for lack of a better term, and yep. you get one shot. For the better or for worse. Well, you, get, all on you get three shots, but it's one right. at a time, right? I, yeah. Like ideally, you go up, you, you hit your first one, add weight, hit the second one, yeah. hit a third. Um, and there's a dude sitting, you know, eight feet in front of you, right in front of you, staring at you, which is also very different. Yeah, nerve-wracking, yeah. Yeah, so it's fun to, I'd, I'd suggest, you know, do a meet every once in a while. It's kind of cool to experience that. And also, as CrossFitters, it's always fun to go into the specialty sports and get humbled and seeing, like, people that can outlift you by extreme amounts. Or maybe you do a triathlon and you Spartan see these, you know, little little guys out, out, outperforming you um, in their specialties, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's the best way to get hunger for improvement is mm -hmm. to go out and Get yourself out of your element. Yeah, for sure. And it's only going to make you better. 
at the end of the day, doing those things. Yeah. All well, right. Thanks for sitting with us. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time around. We'll see you next time. All right. Well, only three minutes.